to the Mind Your Hormones podcast. My name's Corinne, and I'm a board-certified holistic nutritionist who went from no period from mismanaged PCOS to a regular one. Now, I'm obsessed with helping you get hormonally balanced and emotionally aligned. This podcast is all about education, empowerment, real talk, and simple strategies you could start today to find inner peace and overall well-being. I am so excited to be here with you to chat about all things health, hormones, and mindset. Are you ready? Let's get it. Hello, hello. Welcome back to Mind Your Hormones. I am... I literally say this every time, but I'm so excited about this topic because it is very close to home to me. It might ruffle some feathers, but that's all good. I cannot freaking wait because you deserve to know this information. So what we're talking about today is PCOS and pregnancy. So in case you are new around here and you don't know, I am someone who does have PCOS. Um, I actually didn't know that I had it for a really long time. My period was always irregular from literally the day I got it. I got it when I was 15 years old. I was like 15 and a half, actually. And I remember I got it in January. I didn't get it again until like maybe months later. And then I would always just get it maybe like three times a year, four times a year. It was totally random. And I just thought that that was my period. I was like, oh, that's just like how my cycle works. So like nothing to worry about. My gynecologist at the time told me that it was fine. I just had to get uh, three to four periods a year and it was good. And I was like, oh, okay, cool. No problem getting three to four years. So I don't need to worry about it. I'm not trying to have a baby right now. So who cares? Like that was my mentality. Um, and then eventually it went missing for a full two years. Like I did not get a cycle at all for a full two years, not a dot, nothing. Um, and on top of that, I was getting monthly migraines. I was having random body rashes. I got diagnosed with IBS, irritable bowel syndrome. So I was like either constipated, super bloated, like literally it would look like I was six months pregnant, maybe not six months. Cause now I know what six months pregnant actually looks like, but you know what I'm saying? It looked like I was pregnant after everything I ate. I have to unbutton my pants. I felt super uncomfortable. It would take me forever to go to the bathroom. Like it was so, so, so annoying. Um, I had facial hair growth. I said I had migraines, all these things that were going on. Right. And I had no period. It wasn't until I was like really trying to, um, I guess, yeah, I was really trying to lose weight because I felt like super, super puffy. Again, I was bloated. I just felt like I was doing so many things. I was working out. I was counting my calories. I was counting my carbs. I was going to all these boot camp classes and all this crap that I don't do any of anymore because I thought that's what you had to do. You don't, spoiler alert. But, um, and nothing was working. Like I still felt puffy. I still felt like I was just like, that like college 15 is what was like freshman 15, like was not coming off. And, um, that's when I started like diving into stuff because of course, all the other things I'm like, Oh, I could live with the migraines. I could live with this, but it's not until it affects like our physical appearance where we're like, Oh, maybe I should do something about it, which is ridiculous, but that's just the way that it really is or what was for me. Um, so anyway, moral of the story is the reason why I wasn't having appeared and all of these things were going on with my migraines and my body rashes and not being able to easily maintain a healthy weight all stemmed from PCOS. And I was tested for PCOS multiple times, but they said I didn't have it because I didn't have enough cysts on my ovaries and my testosterone levels weren't high enough, which is complete bullshit. You don't actually need those things to be qualified for PCOS. I, I believe I have another episode on how to get diagnosed with PCOS, like what the criteria is. I know I have a training for it in the mind your hormones method, but I think I have a podcast episode. If I do, I will link it below. Okay. Anyway, that's not the point of this episode. The point of this episode is I wanted to give you the background to let you know what my journey was like with PCOS and how 
all of those symptoms that I was experiencing was coming from one root cause. And once you heal that root cause, all of those symptoms dissipate. I ended up getting a regular period after that, like clockwork. My period was about every third, my cycle, I should say it was every 35 day cycle. I got pregnant on the first try, which I like say often because I want people who have PCOS to know that that's actually possible. Of course, there are other things that go into it. Of course, your partner, if you have a male partner, his sperm quality has a lot to do with it as well. He's 50% of the equation. So it's not just me, um, or it's not just you, but it is really important for you to know that because I, it shouldn't have been easy for me. Quote unquote, should not have been easy for me. I should have quote unquote been, um, had to have taken Clomid or gone the IVF route because so many of my clients will go to their gynecologist. They'll say they have PCOS. And before they even start trying, literally I had a client once, I'm not even kidding you. She went to the gynecologist. She was diagnosed with PCOS. And before she even started trying to get pregnant, hasn't even started yet. They were like, okay, like, let's just start Clomid. And if that doesn't work, we'll just go the IVF route. And she told me this and I was like, wait, you haven't even started trying to get pregnant yet. Like you don't even know if it's an issue yet. Like it was just so mind blowing. And there's such a misconception that if you have PCOS, you're going to struggle to get pregnant. You're going to need to have, have Clomid, take Clomid. You're going to need to go the route of IVF. And I'm here to tell you that is not automatically required for a PCOS pregnancy. I am living, breathing, breathing proof of it. And so are many of my clients. So you have to know that that's not actually a requirement. Of course, is medication and things like clomid and IVF sometimes required or necessary in your process? Yeah, of course it can be. I'm not saying that's never, ever something that people are going to have to do, but it's not automatically required. And there's so much that needs to go into it beforehand that not only is going to make you feel better because you're healing the root cause of your PCOS, you're not dealing with the symptoms of weight gain, of facial hair growth, of cystic acne, of periods that are being irregular, of your energy being low, like all of these things that are happening, but it's also going to increase your chances of naturally getting pregnant. And if you are ending up going to go the IVF route, it's going to increase your chances of actually having a successful IVF because IVF is not a foolproof uh, system either. Like it's not guaranteed. There's the word I was looking for. It's not guaranteed that it's going to work. So even if that ends up being your route, you have to do stuff or you don't have to, but I highly recommend changing your nutrition and lifestyle first so that that is a more successful process and that you feel better during because it's a very mentally and physically draining process. So what we're going to be talking about in this episode is what actually is a requirement in my book for a PCOS pregnancy by healing the root cause of it. I mean, I will say this on blue in the effing face, healing the root cause is what is required for no matter what your issue is, we have to heal the root cause. We're, we don't need to be putting band aid solutions on this quick, quote unquote, quick fixes. It's not even a fix. You're just like literally like closing your eyes to the problem and just pretending it's all gone. Uh, it's all fine with birth control and metformin and all these things that they recommend spironolactone for people with PCOS. It's not actually healing the problem. And it's a lot of times causing more harm because it's a medication. Every single medication has some type of side effect to it. What you know, what doesn't have a side effect to it, change your nutrition, a negative side effect, I should say, changing your nutrition and your lifestyle. So what is required and what actually matters. We're going to go through eight things. Of course, there are more that goes into it, but obviously that's where my courses and programs and working together and all of that come in. But we are going to be talking about eight things that are going to help you heal the root cause of your PCOS and actually are requirement, unlike 
Clomid and IVF to get pregnant with PCOS. Okay. Number one is having a healthy cycle. Okay. Obviously that is required. And what I mean when I say a healthy cycle is meaning that you are consistently ovulating. Ovulation is the key. Of course, if we're talking about getting pregnant, but even if you don't want to get pregnant, we have to make sure that you are consistently ovulating because that is what produces the hormone progesterone, the sex hormone progesterone, which is not only the hormone that's required to actually get you pregnant and keep the pregnancy viable because it holds onto that uterine lining instead of shedding it, right? So we need to make sure that we have progesterone to hold onto that uterine lining to get pregnant and to stay pregnant, but it's also the hormone needed to support your bones, your metabolism, your thyroid, your hair, your skin, your nails, your um, decreasing your risk of osteoporosis, heart disease, and cancer. Like It is so freaking important, no matter if you want to get pregnant or not, but I'm assuming if you're listening to this episode, you do want to get pregnant. So it is essential. So what that looks like is making sure that your cycle is regular, okay? Which a lot of people, one of the major causes, uh, sorry, not causes, one of the major symptoms of PCOS is having irregular ovulation. So again, for me, that looked like having a period every three months, every six months, every six weeks, every eight months, non-existent, like it's totally all over the map. What you want is a period that comes between every 25 and 35 days. Really, some experts say a regular cycle could be anywhere from 21 to 35 days. In my opinion, I feel like 21 days is a little too short amount of time. So I prefer to see my clients in the 25 to 35 day range, meaning from the day you get your period until the day before you get your period again, it's between 25 and 35 days. And what's most important is that it is consistent. It is consistently coming, give or take a few days. So it's it's consistently coming either every 30 days, every 33 days, every 27 days. It's like it's in that range of give or take like two or three days on either end of, of the day. You know what I'm saying? So like if it's, it doesn't have to be every 30, 30, 30, 30, or every 28, 28, 28, 28, like it's around that every single time. Okay. What we don't want to see is it being every 21 days, every 50 days, every 36, 48, 12, like, you know, like it's all, totally all over the map. That's what we don't want. Okay. And the way that we are going, oh, and also you are act, that you're actually ovulating, right? So a bleed is not a sign that you're actually ovulating. You have to be tracking your ovulation, not with LH strips. That shit is a waste of your money with a basal body temperature to confirm that you in fact are ovulating. My personal favorite basal body thermometer um, is the temp drop because it's a wearable device. It's a it's like an armband. It's a wearable armband. You put it on your arm. Obviously it's an armband. Where would you put it? You put it on your arm before you go to sleep. You wear it overnight. It's super comfortable. It's like it's just elastic. It's not like this bulky, annoying thing. And um, it tracks the temperatures throughout the night. So it tracks a lot of data. And so that way, because when you're taking your basal body temperature, you have to make sure that you are taking it at the same time every single morning for accuracy in your temperature. Um, and the reason why we track your temperature is because once you ovulate, again, you produce progesterone. Progesterone increases your metabolic rate, which is going to increase your body temperature. So that is what we are looking for to see that ovulation is actually confirmed. Head to episode 123 of the podcast, where I talk more about this. I also have a whole training on it called your fiddle window that I'll link below as well. Um, but that's what we want to look for. We want to look for that increase in your temperature that's high for at least three days in a row and that stays high until you get your period. Um, obviously there are nuances in it. So just go listen to that episode. But, um, in order for that temperature to be accurate, it has to be taken at the same time every single morning. And that's just not feasible for a lot of people, especially if you are postpartum, maybe you are a shift worker, you just don't wake up at the same time every day, or you forget to take it in the morning every single time. Like this is just such an easy way to ensure that like you wear it at night, keep it on your nightstand, you put it on 
it's good. You set it and forget it. Um, so that's my favorite. The link will be in the show notes for a discount. You use code AFCORIN if you want to get a discount for Temp Drop. There's other ones too, like Natural Cycles and things like that, but this one's just my personal favorite. Um, okay, so that is number one. So make sure that you're actually ovulating and you have a healthy cycle. And the way, if you're like, okay, cool, Corinne, but like I don't have a healthy cycle, like how am I supposed to actually do that? These next steps that we're going to talk about are going to actually support you in actually ovulating, Okay. And that's also where the mind your hormones method comes in. By the way, if you do, that's my daughter. If you're here grunting or whatever, she's in and out of a nap right now. Um, if you have uh, PCOS and you want to actually get down to the root cause of this, like I literally can't recommend the mind your hormones method enough. Of course, that link will be below too. Okay. So now the next steps that we're talking about are going to help you address that root cause and help you to actually consistently ovulate if you're not consistently ovulating right now. So um, number two, I guess, because number one is having a healthy cycle. Number two is optimal, optimal, (laughs) what are words? Optimal supplementation. Okay. Meaning you are taking supplements in the optimal ranges, which means they're in therapeutic ranges. They're not the, the vitamins you could just get in the drugstore when you go into the store that have barely any amount of nutrients in there that's going to support you um, because that's just a waste of your money. And the RDA recommended daily allowance is complete bullshit. So we have to have optimal supplementation of key nutrients that our body needs to actually ovulate, to support the ovulation process, to support your egg quality, to reduce inflammation, which is a root cause of PCOS, to support your mitochondria, which are the energy centers of your cells. Like We have to make sure that we are taking supplementation, especially when you have a reproductive disorder, supplementation is essential always, not just if you want to get pregnant, literally always, 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 I will never not be taking supplements because I am someone who has a reproductive disorder. So I need more support than other people. But honestly, I recommend supplements to everybody because it's simply impossible to get the nutrients we actually need from food alone. Um, not just to support your body to, you know, survive and to stay alive, but to thrive, to actually have energy because your body's going to take whatever nutrients you have, and it's going to go to what your body needs to actually stay alive. Your lungs, your heart, breathing, like your your essential organs that you need to actually stay alive. If there's no extra going on, then that's it. It's not going to then support your reproductive system because your reproductive system is not vital for our survival. It's not going to support your energy because your energy is not vital to your survival. It's not going to support your hair, your nails, like your skin, all these things because it's not vital to your survival. So we have to take supplements that have optimal levels therapeutic ranges, high enough ranges where it is going to then support a reproductive system because it is not something that's required for us to stay alive. So our body does not prioritize it. So that is really, really important. My favorite brands are Needed and Gut Personal. I talk about them both all the time on the podcast because they are my absolute freaking favorite. So the link in the show will be in the show notes for those two. Um, so that's number two. Optimal supplementation is freaking required. Okay. I have a whole supplement training also on like specifically if you have PCOS and you're trying to get pregnant, I have a whole supplement protocol on there. Obviously, if you are trying to get pregnant, I recommend taking a prenatal at least six months before you get pregnant. I recommend taking magnesium and D3 and omega um, and a probiotic. Like these things are so, so, so important to be taking all the time, but especially if you have PCOS and you do want to get pregnant, there are other specific supplements for PCOS pending on what your symptoms are, possibly turmeric or um, inositol, myo-inositol. It depends on what your symptoms are. I go over that in depth in the supplement training and the dosages, the timing, the brands, like all of that. We don't have time to go into all of that right now. That's why I have a whole training on it. I actually pulled it from the Mind Your Hormones Method. It's part of the Mind Your Hormones Method. So that will be linked below for you too. Okay. So that's number two. 
Number three is consistent movement that you actually enjoy doing, that you're going to show up for daily, and that doesn't tax out your adrenals. Like I mentioned earlier, I thought that you had to go to boot camp classes, do spin classes, work out an hour every single day in order to, honestly, in order to lose weight and to just be fit and look fit and be quote unquote healthy. That is not true. Okay. You do not have to go to orange theory every day. You do not have to go to cross every day. Like maybe you're someone who loves that kind of stuff, which that's awesome, but you have to also acknowledge where your body is at. If you have PCOS and you are trying to conceive and get pregnant, You cannot be putting your body in a state of excess stress where you're working out insane amounts like that, really beating down your body and taxing out your adrenals and really affecting your cortisol levels. Because a lot of times people with PCOS have higher resting cortisol levels. You, you, Everybody has a higher resting cortisol level in their luteal phase, the 10 to 14 days before your period. So it's even most important to make sure that you are not doing that stuff during your period, uh, during that luteal phase. Like taxing out your adrenals and doing high intense cardio. Um, but if you have PCOS, I don't recommend that high intensity ever, especially if you are dealing with symptoms like your period is irregular. Maybe you have acne, maybe you have facial hair growth, maybe you have digestive issues and irritable bowel syndrome and migraines and anything like that. I recommend slow strength training, yoga, Pilates, things like this that are going to put your body in a rest and digest state in a parasympathetic nervous system state so your body can actually heal. Um, and slow strength training too really helps support insulin resistance, which is a root cause of, infl- of inflammation, which is a root cause of PCOS. And doing like yoga and Pilates and all that is going to reduce your chance of inflammation. Um, not chances, my, my brain guys reduce your levels of inflammation, which most everyone with PCOS has inflammation in their body. Um, instead of actually causing inflammation in your body by beating it down and over exercising. So consistent movement, this could look like 15 minutes a day. My exercise routine is obviously different now that I'm postpartum at the time that's recording this, I'm 10 weeks postpartum. Um, but when I was pregnant and before I was pregnant, I was a daily, I worked out daily. I did like literally from 15 to 20 minute exercises every single day. I personally love Melissa Wood Health. Pilates is my absolute favorite, Um, but that was what it was. Every single day, 10 to 15 minutes because it's the consistency of it. It doesn't matter the amount of time. If you're, I would rather you do 15 minutes a day than an hour, three times a week because it's about the consistency. It's about meeting your body where you're at. Um, And maybe you want to do a half hour every day. Okay, amazing. Everybody is different. I obviously don't know you personally, but finding movement that you actually like that you're going to show up for that doesn't overwork your body. You know if you're working out too much, if afterwards you're so fatigued and your body feels weak and you are still experiencing these symptoms, okay? I can go on and on on about this, but anyway, that is number three, okay? Consistent movement that does not tax out your adrenals. These are requirements for healing the root cause of your PCOS and for actually getting pregnant, not IVF and not Clomid. Again, they can be part of your story. I don't know you personally. However, it's not automatically a requirement, okay? Number four um, is organic whole food, mostly plant-based in my opinion and my professional experience, um, nutrition. Okay. 80% of the time, of course you could still have some processed foods. Of course you could still have some foods that are not organic when like you're going out to eat and stuff like that. Unfortunately, not every restaurant has organic foods, but the majority of the time you are purchasing and eating organic whole foods that are mostly plant-based. This is such something that a lot of people skip over because they don't think it's as important. Like they'll get the supplements, they'll work out, they'll start eating better, but they won't switch to organic, possibly because it's slightly more expensive. 
It is so important. If you're doing all these other things, but you're not switching to organic, it's you're missing such a huge piece of the puzzle because the pesticides and the herbicides and the GMOs and all of these uh, chemicals that are in conventional foods, they get stored in your uterus. They affect your reproductive, your reproductive system, your nervous system. They affect everything, but they literally have links to cancer, to reproductive disorders, and to infertility. So we do not want to be consuming any of these things, especially where it builds up in your uterus, where your baby is going to be born, like born, going to be living. Like we don't want that to be happening. Okay. So really switching to organic, at least, at least, at least the dirty dozen. And if you are eating any animal products, all animal products. Okay. You can go to ewg.org to look for the dirty dozen, the clean 15, at least start there. That's the most important. Okay. Um, and I personally believe mostly plant-based because plants are anti-inflammatory. Inflammation is a root cause of PCOS. We really need to make sure that we are reducing that inflammation as much as possible because when we have inflammation in the body, not only does it increase our chances of autoimmune disease, um, but also it causes your, your ovaries to produce more testosterone. And that's what increases your, uh, symptoms of, um, acne of facial hair growth. It also will affect you from ovulating. So we have to make sure that we are reducing our inflammation as much as possible. I have other episodes on plant-based eating on like dairy and things like that, that we'll link below. If you want to check those out, if you haven't yet. Okay. So that was number one, two, three, four. That was number four. Number five is eating in a way that regulates your blood sugar. Okay. I have an entire free training on this, so I'm not going to dive deep into it for sake of just keeping this episode not so long. Cause I could literally go on and on and on about this because it's so close to home for me. But, um, so go to this free training. It is in the bio. It's hormone. It's called, um, how to create hormone balanced meals by regulating your blood sugar. This is a training that I pulled straight from the mind your hormones method because the first module of the mind your hormones method is all about balancing your blood sugar because whether you have PCOS or not, this is such a major imbalance in most every single person I've ever worked with. And this is a root cause to all hormonal imbalances. You cannot have healthy hormones and healthy fertility. If your blood sugar is imbalanced, it is literally impossible. So we have to start there. So I pulled this training from there. There's also a training that comes with it of, um, like about a tutorial of me making a smoothie with you. So go download that. I highly, highly, highly recommend that. Like it's, first of all, it's free. Doesn't mean that it's not valuable. Literally I pulled it from the mind your hormones method. It is fucking fire and it's going to change your life, change your health, change your fertility. Download that. Okay. Eating to support your blood sugar regulation is so freaking important for PCOS. I cannot trust it enough download that episode, uh, not episode, download that training. And that's going to teach you how to actually eat to support your blood sugar. Okay. So that's number, what is that? Number five, number six is eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Those were the days. Those were the days right now. Obviously I'm not getting eight to nine hours of sleep a night. I have a newborn, um, who's again, she's 10 weeks old. So we are not sleeping through the night. I don't expect her to be sleeping through the night. I don't even want her to sleep through the night because obviously it would be nice, but I'm breastfeeding. It really helps milk supply to consistently, you know, feed throughout the all 24 hours. So anyway, that's a whole other conversation. The point is making sure that you are getting as much sleep as possible. Maybe you're someone who has another child and you're trying for another child and you have PCOS and you're like, Corinne, I can't sleep a solid eight to nine hours. I have a toddler who wakes me up. Like I get it. I mean, I don't get it because I don't have a toddler yet, but I understand. So 
do the best that you can, right? Do the best that you can with where you're at. You know, if you could be getting more sleep, but you're not because you're staying up late to watch another episode of Netflix or whatever you're doing, um, or you're getting up too early to hit that boot camp class. Like sleep is more important than getting a workout in. I will say that again. Sleep is more important than getting a workout in. Ideally, we want to do both, right? But if you have to choose sleep or a workout, choose sleep every damn time because it supports your insulin resistance, insulin sensitivity, which is what we want more so than exercise. Okay. Ideally, again, we want both, but a lot of times we skip on sleep because we want to make sure that we get up early. We we cram that, uh, caffeine in, we hit that pre-workout and we get this, uh, workout in and it's not supporting you. Okay. So ideally eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Uh, that is number six. Number seven is reducing your toxic exposure by using non-toxic products. For some reason, people have PCOS have less functioning or like, yeah, less functioning. I guess that's the way you say it. Livers than people who don't have PCOS because this is a women's reproductive disorder. There's barely any research on PCOS. I mean, they have research obviously, but it's pathetic compared to if this was a men's problem, there would be way more research. Don't even get me started on that. So because of that, we don't, exactly know why, but our livers are just way more sensitive than people who don't have PCOS, which means we have to take care of it more so and be more conscious of it than other people. That goes back to alcohol consumption, caffeine consumption, which we're not even getting into in this episode, but that's part of it too. But another part of it is reducing your toxic exposure because when you are, you know, having household cleaning products that are, have all these chemicals in it, you're putting chemicals on your skin through your beauty products, your shampoo, all of that. It is negatively going to impact your entire system, your reproductive system, your liver, all the things. So we really need to make sure that it is you are using as many non-toxic products as possible. I have a free guide for this too. I'll link this below. So many links below. Okay. So after you listen to this, go check the show notes out, download all these things because they are really going to help you. Um, so anyway, eight to nine hours of sleep a night. Oh no, I did that one already. Reducing toxic exposure. Where are we? What day is it? What's happening? Um, reducing your toxic exposure by using non-toxic products. Again, download that guide. All of the products that are in there are pregnancy safe as well. So whether you're trying to conceive or you are currently pregnant, if you're probably not pregnant if you're listening to this, but maybe you are, who knows, you could download that guide. Okay. Um, that's number eight, number nine, and probably the most important is knowing and believing that it's possible for you. You have to believe, and you have to know that it is possible for you to get pregnant naturally with PCOS. Okay. Or let's just even say to get pregnant at all with PCOS. Ideally, what we're talking about is getting pregnant naturally, but also all of these steps are going to increase your chances of getting pregnant even through IVF. Okay. You have to know that it's possible. This is why I'm so vocal about me having PCOS, me getting pregnant on the first time, talking about my clients that have had PCOS and not pregnant. I've had clients that literally their doctors told them they would never be able to get pregnant that you will never be able, could you imagine the hearing that? And they just kept going. They're like, I'm going to, I'm going to keep going. I'm going to keep investing in my health. They joined the mind your hormones method. They worked with me, all the things, right? They end up getting pregnant. And this is not me trying to sell the mind your hormones method. And this is not me making up a story either. Like this is obviously real. I would never freaking do that. But actually people like doctors telling you, you can never get pregnant. And like seeing and knowing and still believing that it is possible that is what's going to help you not more so than all the other things, but just as much as changing nutrition, changing your lifestyle, implementing supplementation. You have to believe that it's true because it is true and it is possible for you. Okay. So again, 
there's something in natural medicine called the Hippocratic Oath, which is something in my holistic nutrition training that we like took when we graduated, which means do no harm, right? So do no harm means like always take the path of doing no harm, natural healing, where there is no potential harm. There's no harm in changing nutrition and changing your lifestyle for the better, but there is potential harm in every single medication, no matter what it is. Again, of course, there are some medications that are more severe than others. And of course, there are some medications that are necessary in certain instances. I'm not saying that medication like Clomid or whatever, IVF is not ever necessary. It absolutely can be. But in my opinion, the first step must B, to do no harm, aka changing your lifestyle, changing your nutrition, implementing proper supplementation. Because not only is it going to make you feel better, like I said before, on a day-to-day basis because you are addressing your PCOS at the root level and your PCOS won't be running the show and you won't be having these annoying symptoms anymore, but it's going to increase your chances of naturally conceiving because it's healing the root cause of why you are unable to conceive in the first place, or it's going to increase your chances of having successful IVF. If you are going to invest in IVF, which is both obviously mentally and physically draining, why not first take the path of least resistance, the path of no harm, and take the time and effort to actually change your nutrition and your lifestyle so that you can increase your chances of that being successful or just getting pregnant naturally in the first place. Like It's a win-win in my opinion. It's so worth it. You are worth it. It's possible for you. I hope this episode helped you. I know this episode is going to help you. Please share this with someone who has PCOS or honestly, anybody who's trying to get pregnant. These steps are going to support you no matter what your your problem is for not getting pregnant. It's going to support you. So please, please share this with someone. I am so passionate about this topic, especially now having Madison, my daughter. I'm just like, I am shouting this from the rooftops even louder because it's like my greatest blessing. And if I thought that it wasn't possible for me, who knows if I didn't take the measures to heal myself naturally, like who knows what would have happened. So I'm so passionate about this. I Thank you so much for being part of this podcast community and for sharing it with your friends. This is how it's getting out to more and more people and how more and more people are getting the support that they need and that they actually want. So I love you so much. I hope you have an amazing rest of your day and I'll talk to you soon. Thank you so much for being here. If you loved this episode and learned something valuable, please share it with a friend who you think would also love it or post it on social media and tag me so I could personally say thank you for helping me spread this important message. I am beyond grateful to be here with you. So until next time, stay intentional, stay consistent, and always mind your hormones.